Hi. Hello? Uh, hello? 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 Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound great. Uh, I wasn't plugged in. I didn't know we were... I know, uh, I was I'm three minutes early. No, no, I mean, I'm always ready. ABC, you know? Hmm. How are you? Good. It's good to hear your voice. Feels like it's been forever. Is this, is this the show? This is the show. This is the big <laughs> show. This is when we wait, we all wait for this show. Oh. It's the Merlin Man show. Look at me. I can dance. I can sing. Wow. That's amazing. I just, uh, <laughs> sound you, just like you. That was, that was remarkable. Yeah. Wow. You know what I've been noticing since I've, I've got another thought, but first I've been noticing a lot of, um, maybe early 90s Letterman sneaking into your, uh, thing, which I like. <laughs> I don't know what it is uh, about uh, that. I'm Merlin Man. Uh, uh. It's not quite like a, like a, what's his name? Billy Ray Cyrus, the guy with the uh, sling blade. <laughs> it's, um, but it's kind of one of those, like when he's doing his. The, uh, Hi, I'm Merlin Man. I'm, that's it. Yeah, like guys who work at Can CBS I be honest time. with you and, and tell you who that actually is? Although I do see a Letterman parallel, that's not what I was going for. Can I no, tell so, you? Is, uh, I don't know. Tell me who. Yosemite Sam. <laughs> Which is kind of how I see you. I kind of see you as a modern modern day. Well, I cut I cut out the rootness tootness part and just go for the overall kind of overbearing, you know, excited. See me, or that's how you see parodies of me. How does that work? I'm Merlin Man. Yeah, just big, big and bold. That's what it is. Big and bold and confident, cocksure. Uh, I like that. You know, I'm going to hear that in a different way now. That's yeah. good. I mean, but I do, I can, I can hear, I can hear what you're talking about with the letter, with the letterman thing. That's I, I not what I was going it. for. I can't do it, but I hear it. You do it with Syracuse a lot. Uh, and I like it because, you know, I mean, uh, so much of everything I do, the not funny stuff I do, that's funny in my head. I'm just ripping off letterman all the time. Mm. That's, you know, not a bad place to start. There. Yep. Yep. Uh, all the hot towels and free Look at me! Oh, I can see change dance. that. Um, boy, remember the prancing fluids? Wasn't that funny? First he had the dancing waters, and then they, he had like a C&D over the dancing waters, and so he called it the prancing fluids. <laughs> no, I don't know what that means. Is that a Roderick on the line thing? He had a ridiculous fountain. I'm going to listen to that show. I thought you were getting off the coffee. I don't understand. I mean, right now I'm going to listen to it while you talk. <laughs> You you caught me off guard. I just got a water. Um, you have I to pee? Did you pee already? Because <laughs> usually you can't make it through the show. Hello? Oh, I'm learning a lot. This is great, Dan. I really should be writing all this down. Yet somehow I am not. Are you well? Are you, you, you sound great. You sound like you're full of beans. A lot of coffee beans. Ah, you're still, you're still high off that. Uh, good fellas. I finally got to oh. the end yesterday. I finally got <laughs> to the end. The giant gun... In Lorraine Bracco's panties, <laughs> right? Boy, I love I love that John Syracuse. That was fun. Anyway, we mentioned this last week. I don't want to beat it to death, but you know, you, you say to yourself, "Will I find time to listen to a three-hour podcast about a twenty-something-year-old movie?" And the thing is, you won't. Uh, I mean, you know, if you don't listen to this, but if you listen to this, sure you'll find the time. Are you kidding? What? Are you, what? Are you gonna take it out of your Facebook time? You got plenty of time, Johnny. Sit down and listen to that. Get your shine box. Billy Bats. <laughs> and uh, the one you sent me, you know, uh, you sent me that, uh, the thing with the guy with the coffee to go. Is that you? Was that you? Coffee to go. Was that you? Did that? The cardboard sure. thing? Uh-huh. Sure. Hmm. I don't hmm. know what that means, but everybody, li- everybody, it was likes, me. everybody likes stacks. <sighs> <laughs> 
That's a good, good movie. Now we're going to do, we're going to do a couple of these. You're I, you on. Know what? I, I, you know, you said Big Lebowski. I said, what time and what do I wear? <laughs> and like, no question, right? I got to do Big Lebowski. Got to do that. Terrified, Dan. I can't go anywhere near. I'm going to be like, it's funny when he says that one thing. Like, I, I got nothing. I got no Syracuse level of notes on this. And you, you were extremely well prepared too. Now, do you have a sense? Did he have like a spiral notebook for that? Like what did, what did he, what was he doing? He was doing? a trapper keeper because he had lots of scraps and little uh-huh. taped articles, photos. <laughs> I just watched the movie, but he has like the yarn going from one picture to the other picture. And You have an extraordinary memory for things like that. Really amazing. He does. So, I was saying you do. You oh. do. I mean, I imagine he would use something with code folding because it must be very confusing to, to have all those references. Oh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, how's it going? Good week? Big week. Huge week. Oh, I barely fit it in one Trapper Keeper. Got to get an extra data center. Hmm. So you're going to Macworld this week, right? Metric Converter, 90-60-90. Yes, I am. I'm doing, participating in two things there, and I'm um, at sixes and sevens getting ready for it. But yes, Macworld in San Francisco this week. iMac, I I think it's called Mac I Fan World. (laughs) Right, something like that. I, I, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I haven't slept. Um, yes, it's this week and it's here in San Francisco and it has to do with Max and things that start with I. Like I did a rod. Yeah. Presumably. And uh yeah, are, are you coming? <laughs> you gonna come for this? No, no, I can't do it. Good. You know what? Good for you. No, you you can own this one. It can <sighs> be all you. <laughs> you know what? This gets actually gets so much to what I want to talk about today, um, which is what I call the slide. But um like a yeah, slide, you you should... like a slide guitar. <laughs> <laughs> it starts out seeming so easy. You think I'm just going to go to this thing and it's going to be this. And, and like pretty soon you've lost like three or four days and you're sick. Like everybody gets sick at Macworld and WWDC. I don't know what it is. I don't know if these people don't wash their hands or it's the X code, but there's just all kinds of diseases flying around. Is it airborne? Hmm? No, I think it's actually a national it... guard. I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea, but you know, I've sneezed enough to begin with, you know, how do you know? I don't know what I'm my concern is that you know you t- you touch some it's on your hands then you touch your eye you touch your you know face whatever but it's not just that if it's airborne it doesn't matter you can walk through a cloud of it Absolutely Well you know what it is Dan uh part of it is having a kid because I never used to think about this stuff I could care less I I, I, don't, I don't care I'll stick my hands in the toilet put them in my mouth you know nice. and fruit today. I don't care whatever it's right. fine I eat Thai food no problem oh, you know God. And then you have a kid, <laughs> and you think it's going to die from everything. Oh, Airborne, it's the worst. It's the worst. No. And you get like you get like the, the, the giant-ass thing of the antibacterial stuff, you know? Like you're in a long-term relationship with a man with a beard. You get this big thing, and you're always pumping it all over everything. People come in your house, and you go, and you got to point them at the big squirter. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> you know, because your baby will die if it yeah. gets germs. And now... So when you said that about like, oh, you touch your eye, you do this thing. I had, a, I had a wonderful friend, not a super close friend, but a very a good man that I was friends with in college who basically that was what he thought about all day long. That's all he could think about all day long. And he, was he it me, Merlin? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, he was he room with my friend Tony and sometimes he'd be sitting there across the room reading and he'd put his book down and he'd <sighs> exhale, he'd stare ahead, he'd cover one eye with one hand and cover the other eye with the other hand. He'd say, Tony? If, if I've been to the grocery store and I open, and you, you have to see me like motioning all of this in this kind of tentative Richard Dreyfus way, and I <laughs> open the door of my car after I've touched something and, and I touch the steering wheel and I drive, and then I don't even know why, but if I touch my eye, 
is parts of the grocery store are in my eye. I, I think I'm losing my vision. And that, that was all day long. That's all I could think about. Mm. And now I'm like that. I think Muni. Muni. Eh, eh. Oh, you know what man. kind of stuff goes on in, like, in, on, the, on the subways and the buses? I do. I do. I wouldn't we even had, get on it. Oh, <laughs> in these shoes? We were in a, uh, my family and I were in a hotel not long ago. I'm not going to get started on hotels. I'm not going to get started. We're going to do an episode about this, right? I would Hotel? like to. I would like to. Okay. All right. Um, and I finally had to tell my daughter the thing I have been avoiding telling her because I, I wanted her to get to the right age where she could take it all in with the gravitas that I needed to take it in. She was playing with the ball. The ball's bouncing around. The ball rolls under the bed. She's a child. She plays with the ball. She picks up the ball. She puts the ball in her mouth. I say, honey, <sighs> please. She's four, right? She might, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know. She should go out and like like lick, lick Sorry, the sidewalk. I think I passed it was, out uh, for a minute. Had like a SpongeBob song playing. She puts the ball in her mouth because that's fun. That's what you do. And I said, "Honey, from now on, imagine that everything in the world has been in someone's butt. <laughs> imagine, like at the very least, it's rubbed on somebody's butt. But imagine that where where that ball rolled just now, a very very heavy German man <laughs> sat down for a very long time. Maybe he held it in his butt. Maybe he absentmindedly, he sat on it. He didn't realize it was in his butt. Right. But it was there for a while, and now it's in your mouth. We really need to not put things in our mouth in a hotel room. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Food and medicine, and not that much medicine. That's what goes in your mouth. <sighs> That's one to grow on. Could you diary that, though? Could somebody write that down in the hotel? Florida hotel. Florida you know, hotel. Yeah. Big Lebowski. I got a lot to say about that. But I think it would be great. I think your take on it would be really, really great. And people who don't know what, what the heck we're talking about when we talk oh, about yeah, this sorry, good sorry, fellas, the, yeah. we've, got a, we've got a new show on 5x5 five five, uh, called 5x5 uh, five five at the Movies. And the Gr- people, Great icon. Jordash did a great... I'm sorry. Jordash, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Jordash did a great icon. He that. did. It's really good. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. So we'll put that in the show notes, but uh, you, can, you can go there and listen to the first episode, which me and John Syracuse did about Goodfellas. And, and already, I had already slated Merlin to do a big Lebowski. And so what is this? This is where we talk about a movie that we like for, you know, half a dozen hours. This and I think Lebowski, but yeah. you don't just want Lebowski. You want, we got to do, uh, oh, here's UPS. Mm-hmm. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, we got to do. But here's UPS with the computer. I got to, I get, hold on. I got to check and make sure when my wife can get the I door. I think I'm having a gonna, stroke, Dan. We got to sign that, for it. Is that on the side? Yeah. Hang on. I got to go do check. You want me to talk to our hang audience on. for yeah, a minute? Yeah, yeah, Talk to him. Okay. Listen, don't make any sudden motions. Dan is holding me here. He will not let me leave. It's a lot like that guy with the corduroy face in episode three when uh, Obi-Wan comes up and he says, look, General Grievous is up there and he's got 10,000 of the clones or of his uh, droids. So it's a lot like that. Okay, so when he comes back, act like everything is okay. But if you have access to some kind of a dragon, please ride it. Come in and please try to kill General Grievous or Dan, whoever you find first. So really, if you want to stay productive, it's important to write things down. And to, uh, I guess, really keep your head about you and, uh, you know. What are you uh, doing? I see there. Be very even-handed. Waveform and, is really uh, weird there for a minute. Were you like singing or whispering? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Boga. Boga is the name of the dragon. Um, so don't put stuff in your butt. Oh, the movie thing with the beautiful. Um, so Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, you got to do. Yeah. You know, I, I'm in. I think I think Glengarry Glenn Ross might be more interesting to other people. The good, well, you know, the Goodfellas. You kind of, I guess, with any of these, you have to have seen the movie to to really enjoy it. Yeah, oh, that's <laughs> a prerequisite. Okay, I, I, count me in for both. You know, I don't. Who, who, point, who else would I do Glengarry with besides you? 
You've lived it. I have lived it. You know, I, I've, I've, I've been inside of it. You know, I've gotten the steak knives. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what? Put me down. All right. Anyway, it's a hell of a show, 5 by 5 with the movies. And, uh, you know, it's as you said, it's nice to hear John Syracuse. Um, eh, it's, it's a little glib and simple to say, oh, you know, he's always negative. But he's very genuinely excited. <laughs> you both are genuinely excited about this movie. And you know every frame of it, like total nerds. And it's really, really enjoyable. That's all. All right. I, I had a couple hot dogs. I don't feel too good. What kind? Like uh Oh, God, I don't like know. a street vendor thing? Like German. Um, you ever eat street vendor food? I, you know, see, Dan, before I had a kid, I would. I used to have a souvlaki problem. I would roll souvlaki to souvlaki across the great island of Manhattan. I did anything. <laughs> I don't know what that's from. That, that, could, that could become kind of like a, could be like a poodle. I don't know. You put a little sauce on that and a stick, and I'm, I'm down with that. But now I'm like, I don't know. what That might have been in a trap or something. Well, so, and for people who don't have kids, we're talking yeah. about not wanting to get sick because we don't want our kids to get sick. In the past, getting sick was an inconvenience. But when your mm-hmm. kid is getting sick, it's like a five alarm problem, mm-hmm. potentially. That you worry, you worry. Even even the least worrisome parents are absolutely terrified when their kids get sick. If you wonder why we talk so much about this parenthood stuff, it's not because we're proud. It's because our lives have been ruined. <laughs> yes, that's, See, pretty, that's it. And we're, some people are a little bit proud about the fact that we're still standing, despite being really pretty much ruined in every conceivable way. Right. But here's the thing. You get sick and you're bummed. What you can't, you know, you, you can't go to your bowling league or whatever, right? <laughs> she can't go to the cat dance. You know, <laughs> the thing is, your kid gets sick and everybody goes down hard. Yeah. It's already you're walking on a line every day with that stupid kid. They might be sick. They might throw up. They might put something from some German guy's butt in their mouth. You never know. But everybody's going to get super duper sick. There might be vomiting. And there's already a, the sleep thing is always a very delicate thing. The food thing is a delicate thing. And, and when you get sick, it just all goes tits up, the whole thing. It's horrible. It's, I don't know why we've done it. You know, if it, if it weren't for the intercourse part, you know, we'd still be playing it's video games. because of our wives, usually. Yeah. Anyway, <sighs> good week, big week. So two things at the uh, Macworld. Uh, I, I don't know if it makes much sense to promote these. Yeah, that, I want to I hear about well, it. Well, you know. Promote like it to that. me. Sell me on it. All right, well, two things. I should get the dates straight on these. I know what days. I don't know the exact times, but I'll put them in show notes. Um... On, I want to say Thursday. My calendars are a mess right now. Oh, Dan, Dan, Dan. I got are you going to try the new DOS keyboard that they came out with, DAS, DOS keyboard? I saw it. I'm going to see what groups think. Thanks. I heard you guys talking about that. I, I, like, I like my Tactile Pro. If anything, I feel like I need a quieter one. People don't like the loud keyboard. I like it. You mean, like you a, mean your neighbors three doors down don't like it? Yeah. No, they're, they're all right. They're all right. But, um... So Thursday, I needed to check on this, but uh, so uh, David Sparks and Brett Terpstra and me are going to do 40 tips in 40 minutes. So uh, it's going to be like a magic show. We're not going to explain any of it. We're just going to do 40 cool Mac. <laughs> like we're going to just, you're going to look at that and go, what in the, what was that? Okay. Here's how to append. Uh, here's how to append text to a text file with Quicksilver. Boom. Next. What? What just happened? What? <laughs> Here's how to do a workflow where one password generates a nonce password and then uh, Hazel makes sure that it gets moved out of this folder in 36 hours. Next. Boom. What? What just what? What? <laughs> so 40 of those round table style. Uh, we're doing, <laughs> there's, yeah, it could be more. It could be actually be 60 because some of them are going to be like one and second The weird long. thing is it's, you're actually not doing this on stage. It's just going to be you and Brett alone in the hotel room. 
<laughs> just go, just one after another, just going over. Just, just admiration. And go get and, some uh, drinks. You know, David Sparks. Uh, he's he has, has so much like super practical stuff. Uh, I think it'll be a nice mix. But anyhow, we're using a lot of like the thing that's time consuming is we're going to be using in order to make it that quick and cool. We're doing screencasts to like show the visual. Oh, you so you don't you don't actually have to be up there like trying to do it yourself. You're going to have oh. a prepared a little oh. prepared thing oh, yeah. you can show and talk. Oh, that's smart. Didn't Boom. tell me the talk. truth. Did did uh, Sparky come up with that himself? Was that his idea? My idea. He wanted three keyboards and a KVM, and I was like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you have an idea what that's going to be? That's, that's going to be like watching a 12-year-old girl try to learn a stick, if you know what I mean. Uh, no KVs, no Ms. I, and so I said, this is the only way to work. I, I, did, I think we all agreed that that was sensible, because my only addition to this entire thing was it should be like, like a really exhausting magic trick for 40 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so i think that'll be fun and then uh, i'm not sure exactly how we're going to do this and i don't want to overcommit. at the very least there will be a supporting website for this where you'll go in and find out how we did it so go here go do that ddd one two three four five bullets you'll need this to do that um the other guys have agreed to do that so i guess i will too but yeah the idea is uh 40 to 40 minutes that should be fun uh you can check the calendar um, they're doing this weird thing this year where like it doesn't cost much to go to Macworld, so there may be a lot of people there. I don't know. Um, I don't. I don't know if David Pogue's doing his uh, vaudeville routine or anything. So who knows what we're up against? So uh, Scott Bourne may be, uh, you know, telling you how to use Photoshop. Uh, Eighty five. I loved him in that movie. Oh, Scott, he was great in the, the Scott Bourne conspiracy. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. He had a much, 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 much larger safe deposit box that was literally full of money. Friday. Uh, I have no idea why I'm being included in this. Uh, it's called uh, Mac Power Users Entertainment Workflows. And so it's, again, uh, David Sparks, D Sparks, as you like to call him, and Katie from that program on 5x5. Um, and uh, me, uh, who are just there for some reason, because Rob Cordry will be there talking about how you actually have a career doing entertainment stuff and using a Mac. And so um, mostly talking about Rob's journey through this stuff. If you guys enjoyed episode, whatever that was, 29 of our show where, where I talked to Rob, I think you'll dig this. He's a, he's a really cool, nice, smart, and productive guy who's been down the path of how screwed up this productivity junk can be. Um, and he's really good at it. Like, like David, he's really good at it. So I think that'll be interesting too. And you get to come and uh, say hi and meet Rob Cordry. I'm going to encourage him to have lots of hand sanitizer. That's what I do. I wear in a bandolier like Chewy. Now, if he touches somebody's hand, he shakes somebody's hand, and yeah. then he, he plays the guitar, are the germs from the hand on the guitar? Mm-hmm. Especially if it's a German song. The place where we were for this hotel thing, why do I keep saying German? There's a certain kind of German tourist. <sighs> just just bald, big cannonball gut and very shiny, and just sitting in the sun for like 19 hours a day. It's very, very weird. They don't have any sun over there. I know. They're like a little delicious breakfast bun. <laughs> Hmm. So anyway, Macworld, that'll be fun. And all the usual suspects will be out here. So, you know, you're not missing too much if, if you're not going to be there. There'll be parties and stuff, and people will probably be live blogging. So. Stuff, I, stuff I wouldn't go to anyway. No, like, you know what? You go Is to Adam going to be there? Um, I don't know. Adam's really busy. Yeah, I don't then, know. I, then I don't care. Yeah. But, yeah, there used to be this really cool place called The Tempest. I think it closed. But there was this one great bar you could go to. It was just a great place to end up at. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so I'll be there. Come and say hi. And, uh, you know, I hope I get my stuff done on time. But, you know, you get to meet. In addition to David Sparks, you know who'll be there? <laughs> you. Brett Terpstra. Yeah. Yeah. You said it already, and I, I resisted. 
He's a genius. All right, we should move on. We're we're already uh, already too late, but yeah, I'm excited about that. Macworld. It's weird. Macworld's really changed a lot over the years. For a long time, I was calling it uh, costly plastic things in which to put your iPod world. That's kind of what it felt like. <laughs> but you know, let's be honest. You go to these things for the people. I mean, South by Southwest. How many people go there to like? you know, have sluts give you Red Bull. No, you go because you get to meet nice people and hopefully avoid, you know, feeling like you're part of, you know, some kind of encampment. Uh, Macworld is like that too. You got to pace yourself. Drink a lot of water. Yes, do wash your hands. Um, get, lot, get as much sleep as you can. Drink more water. Uh, and, uh, and, and be picky about your schedule. That's all I would say. Can't do it all. If you do it all, you got to leave lots of capacity because all the fun is going to be like having a drink with Paul Cavazos, trust me. <laughs> He's a good man. Yeah. Hope he's, he's coming this year, right? He's probably coming. I don't know. Who are you talking to? You're talking to yourself. I'm not talking to myself. You're talking to yourself. Think you're better than me? You think you're better than me? Hmm. John's, John's right there. You guys are right about that. the, the, uh, the clown uh, amuse you scene. It, it, it's weird how there's certain scenes that are like the Mona Lisa of, of film. You know, you heard about them or seen them parodied so much that they lose some of their kick. I totally agree with you guys. The, the, that one scene in the, what is it, the Bamboo Lounge or whatever? Yeah. It's not the Copa, right? No, what, what no, no, the Copa's later. Uh, this it's when you first, it's right after you meet Jimmy, right? Yeah, this is the Bamboo, this is the Bamboo Lounge where the, it's a local club. And so it's, when they light up, they light up later for insurance? Yeah, they, uh, it says, uh, you bust the joint out, you light a match. <laughs> I love it. Where like the boxes are coming in the front and going out the back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, is, what does he say when he's signing the papers? I can't say it on this show. Okay. Um, that's your, but you know what? That scene with Joe, that arguably one of the most famous Joe Pesci scenes that's not in My Cousin Vinny. Right. I, think, I think I was totally with you. To this day, I know exactly what happens, and I'm exactly as freaked out every oh, time. Oh, every I time. Scene. I every think it's time. brilliantly done. Brilliantly done. All right, we should move on. So it's uh, 19 minutes after the hour. So um, anything else in terms of uh, pre-ups? You got anything else? Anything to discuss? I guess not, so... Ooh, it's your show. What are you excited about? You must be excited about having your uh, your movie thing. It's new blood. You're breathing new blood. Something like that. <laughs> breathing new blood. Yeah. I need to have more water. Oh, I, I need to talk to you. There's some things, but they'll they'll wait for the after dark. The things are I are you I firing me? I've only been on here for a year. This is our fiftieth episode. Fifty first episode. Fifty first. Oh. I've it numbered. Oh yeah, that's right. Because you did that other episode without me. I Not counting numbered, the mezzanine. Numbered wrong. Mm-hmm. Counting the mezzanine. I listen to that uh, one with John. With, I listen. I listen to everything he does. Oh, I'm a big yeah. fan. Big fan mm-hmm. of John's. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I finally I watched episode three, the movie. I, I, I was not prepared for how good it would be. <laughs> I've watched it like every day since. I thought it was really, really good. Can you believe that? The, no, it, it, of of that three, it was the best one for sure. I don't. I don't know. I feel like if a I jerk. Would go on and on about it the way you are, but it was pretty. Oh, you kidding me? It's got except for all the puppet meetings. Sure, it's got puppet meetings, but man, so those action scenes are like. See, here's the thing. I think Lucas wants all the movies to look like that. Like the beginning of that movie where they're flying through and they're getting attacked by the little droids that try to you know smash up their ship and stuff. It looks gorgeous, but trying to trying to like like uh, you know strap that onto a 1977 movie just looks super weird. And that's the problem. That's the problem. Despecialized. Moving on. Okay, I want to talk about slipping and sliding. Is that good? I've never heard this term, except mm-hmm. in Fight Club when God. Jack is imagining his power animal. It is a it is a penguin, 
And the penguin looks at him and says, slide. So is that what we're talking about today? Oh, God. Are you Tyler Durden? I'm, I just, I'm, I'm not even going to acknowledge that. I just, I can't believe you and Syracuse like that movie. I'm assuming uh, you won't talk about that on the other show. I'll talk about how terrible and overrated it is. Ugh. <laughs> it's a great movie. Yeah. Maybe it's you like just don't understand quoted, it. It's widely quoted by, by... Maybe you just don't understand it. I probably don't. It, it's funny, though, how often it is quoted by people who never leave their house. Yeah, man. Thanks for having on you. <laughs> okay, Xbox. Dial it down. All right. <laughs> slipping and sliding. Um, slipping on... Uh, what did I say? I wrote something down a long time ago. I had this idea for weeks, and I'm only getting to it now. Um, what did I say? Uh, slipping, on, slipping on dates, sliding on days. Um, I think this is a personal thing. It's a team thing. It's a, a cultural thing. Um, everybody knows about slipping, right? If you've got a project, you know that term slipping on your dates. Is that, is it fair to say that that's in parlance? Yeah, definitely. So you've got, whether you're working as a contractor or whether you're working, uh, I'd say very often as part of a team, you, <laughs> unless you're Tim at Omni Group, uh, you usually have to commit to somebody to have a certain thing done by a certain time. Why am I making fun of Tim? Because Tim is like so extraordinarily <laughs> careful about making sure everything is flawless before anybody sees it. Uh, it. It's funny to watch. It's funny to watch people like that work though, because they'll just be like, it'll be done when it's awesome. <laughs> you know, and, and it is, let's be honest. But um, it's hard inside of most teams where you're not, I mean, really every team, there's something you're committing to. This goes back to the project triangle, right? You're you're saying like I've got we uh, we've agreed that we're going to put this amount of resources into something, and we expect to ship this kind of thing by this date. I mean, no matter how abstract you make it, at some point somebody's expecting you to get something done by a certain time. And the larger and more complex those projects are, the more I think most good project managers want to break those into pieces. But no matter how far you break it down, the bigger the thing is, the more wiggle room there is for things to go wrong. And for people who, I mean, to me, it should be like when you're living in Israel, like you should have to be in the army for a couple of years. I think everybody should have to be a waiter and a project manager because you'll learn so much about life if you do those things. Um, and when you're a project manager, you learn about, you don't even have to like read books about this. It just becomes clear so quickly how much harder everything is to do than you think. It's so much harder than you think to even reach people, to find them, to get their estimate from them, let alone whether that estimate is correct and up to date. And, you know, it really is like trying to shoot a bullet with a bullet. Any kind of project planning. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, very, it's very hard to have complete information. It's very hard to have up to date information. But even if you have all of that, it's still full of inaccuracies, right? I think it's, 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 it's very unusual to get everybody firing on all cylinders for the same result and with the same budget. You can do that with a couple people and no money, but anytime you have more than that, there's going to be slips. There's going to be slips because of a misunderstanding. There's very frequently slips because of a dependency. And what do we mean by dependency? Let's go ahead and say that because it's, you probably know what it is, but it's still worth mentioning. There are very few um, projects, whether you're talking about a software project, a bridge or even a getting things done project, there are relatively few projects where there's one step. Like that, that's not really a project. Most projects have at least two steps, sometimes dozens of steps, sometimes sub-steps. But at some point, almost all projects, well, let's not mince words, you have dependencies. So for example, if you, if you are trying to build a bridge, uh, cut the ribbon on the bridge opening ceremony is going to have to be preceded by a whole bunch of dependencies. We can't cut that ribbon 
until the bridge has been safety inspected. It can't be safety inspected until we're done paving it. It can't be paved until we've made sure that all the wires holding it up are okay, and so on and so on and so on. And that may go all the way back to convene a meeting to find out whether we want to build a bridge. You can't jump over steps in a lot of projects. But the nature of those dependencies means that even if we get it right, even if we get it almost 100% right, there's still almost always going to be slips. So far, so good? Does this kind of make sense? I'm, I'm on board so far. Let's uh, see where we're going. Well, it's, the reason I'm asking and the reason I'm having and hawing is I, I worry that some people are either going to go, I have no idea what you're talking about, or yeah, duh. But the yeah, duh part is, it's, it's like the Mythical Man Month. The funniest unwritten part of the Mythical Man Month is everybody thinks that they're immune to that, and they're not. And, you know, a lot of the people who don't think things like slipping are a big problem are probably part of the problem with the slipping. Right, So the project manager who's sitting there, whether there's some poor bastard sitting there with a Gantt chart or even sitting there with, with a piece of paper can go, well, look, you know, what is it they say? Yesterday's weather, right? Mm. Past this prologue. Let's look at how much stuff we've gotten done in the last five weeks. In each of these weeks, we got this much stuff done. And now you're predicting that you're going to get 10 times that total amount of work done in a week. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the, the past is telling us that that's not how this should go. But if you tell people honestly, if you respond honestly and say, hey, look, based on our productivity in the past, we know that we can expect to get this much work done. Well, sometimes the team will just not hear that. Sometimes the stakeholders will not hear that. A lot of times the CEO won't hear that. They, want, they think they're Steve Jobs and have a magic wand and get to make, you know, uh, impossible things happen by fiat. But the truth is that whether it's cultural, whether it's honesty, whether it's, you know, honest to goodness, um, just o- oversight, like you didn't, you just didn't get it right. Slips happen and slips have a cumulative effect. A slip early in the uh, project will, will inevitably lead to slips further on because if you're, if you have a six week project and you have one week for phase one to happen, if one week becomes a week and a half, well, you've already pushed the project out. Are you going to take that out of the other parts of the project? Well, probably not. No. Well, what if the second part of the project is a little late too? Well, now you're like, you're, you're maybe you're two and a half or three weeks. And that, see, they compound and compound and compound. And so the nature, I'm sorry, I'm a little rambly here, but the nature of a dependency is that you cannot, you cannot continue to the next step until everything in front of that thing that needs to get done gets done. Sometimes these things work in parallel, right? You can have the uh, you can have the road signs made while you're finishing the paving, but you can't put them in the ground until that crew, you know, and so on and so on. And so I think the slip is something that everybody faces. I think we we face this whether we're on a one person project or on a giant team, and. Anybody who's really living inside of the nonsense we talk about on this show, I think may agree that slipping is one of the biggest and hardest to fix problems because it really is a very human problem. And it's the kind of problem that people on all sides of the project and at every level in the project might have a slightly different view on. So if you're somebody who's made a commitment, let's say you're inside of a large organization that sells like, I don't know, let's say textbooks, right? Mm-hmm. And you say you've promised uh, the people at these college bookstores all over the United States that they're going to get their millions of copies of this by a certain date. Well, something went wrong. You couldn't get the paper on time. Maybe there was an error in, uh, in this, um, there's an error in the table of contents. Maybe it's that, you know, uh, <laughs> DHS closed down and you don't have a way to <laughs> ship books. <laughs> the thing is, it doesn't take more than one thing to go wrong before somebody far down the chain is really screwed now because something went wrong earlier in the chain. So even setting aside the project management is very much an art more than a science. 
the slip has a cumulative effect. It can be very dispiriting to the team. It can be super costly. And it's the kind of thing where we can try and fudge on it and, and kind of be slightly dishonest about it right at the time when it would most benefit us to be disclosing and transparent about why there was a slip. You've encountered these things, these slips. This is, I think, everything you've just described, everybody who is in or on the edge of the corporate world has to be just nodding their head right now, saying, oh my gosh, that's it. Yeah. And, and unlike so many of the things that, we, that I ramble about on here, I, I don't think there's a simple answer to that. or I don't think there's even a fake simple answer to that. It's just, you're just identifying a problem for people. Well, yeah, and this is why I, exactly, and it's why I'm so interested in that idea. If you heard that episode with uh, Gruber, you, you, you know, you, we've talked before about the project triangle or the project management triangle. You know, it's this immutable thing. You know, if you, if you cut the budget of something, you're not going to get as many features as quickly as you would like. That's just how it is. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's with our kid. Again, back to the kid thing. But I can't explain enough to my daughter that like, yeah, I told you we could play at the park till five, but that estimate was based on us leaving the house in less than two hours. <laughs> like if it takes you two hours to leave the house, we get to play in the park for about 45 seconds. And like, and that's not my fault. <laughs> it's going to be a while before she gets that. And so I try to do what I can to like any project manager to make it seem like her idea to leave earlier. But but that's the way time works. You don't, you don't get to bolt on an extra couple hours at the end of the day. I mean, a lot of managers think you can, and that's why they're bad managers. But the truth is you say, like, what can we do in the time we've got? Now, with me, I might make a game time decision, as you say in sports, and say, hey, you know what, honey? We don't really have time to go to the park. Like, you, you don't even have pants on, so let's, 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 let's go play Jenga or whatever, which is not going to make her happy. But what, what's my option there? I, I go back out, and now we're both mad. We've got to come back in. And I think it's like that in companies, too. Um, it's very hard to explain to people that any decisions that they make that are not fully thought through are at best uh, risky and at worst, um, not to be melodramatic, but at worst can be really damaging to the entire livelihood of the project if you don't really account for how much something could cost if it's not delivered on time. Um, you know, this is this goes way back to uh, one of those guys whose names I'm always getting wrong, the Code Complete guy. You know, if you make a change in the old school, like, you know, spec style development of software, I know this is kind of outmoded now, but I think the rule of thumb used to be that a change that you made during the spec stage is something like like 10 to 100 times more costly to change once you get into implementation. Mm. Like, if you want to change something on a piece of paper, that doesn't cost anything. But if if you didn't account for all the things that might need to change, and then the time gets short, and you're, you're going to slip on a date, what's that, what's that phrase you use, Dan, where you... Like if you have downtime, SCA or SLA, what was it called? SLA service, is service, service level, level agreement where you say we, we will guarantee X amount of uptime. And if we exceed that, you'll be compensated in some shape or form. Here's a perfect example, I think. If you're, if, you're an, if you're a service provider and your SLA or your agreement is whatever, let's say, what's a really reasonable amount? You're up 98% of the time, something like that? Yeah, uh, nine, nine nines is like a... Yeah, everyone, yeah, everybody I mean, wants like, realistically. Nine nines. realistically? Like if you're Tumblr, thirty five percent of the time you're up. Yeah. Now if you're if you're at uh, <laughs> but if you're at one of those companies, you go okay. Well, we need to go to do this big. We need to do the scaling thing where we need to move a bunch of stuff to other servers. Like I don't even know what all was involved in that, except as being on the cu- customer side of that. But let's say you have an agreement with people that you're going to be up even just just the good old simple ninety nine percent of the time. If you got any part of that wrong. You estimated wrong. 
you didn't check the drives on the servers. I don't know. Maybe you've got some faulty stuff. Maybe you got Cat 3 instead of Cat 5. I don't know. <laughs> Is there a Cat 3? Can you get Cat 3? Uh, I think you're thinking RJ11. Oh, okay. I think you're thinking of uh, yeah, yeah, Apple, Apple Net. Apple Core? What's it called? The Apple Talk. Beatles? Apple Talk. That's the one. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Good times. Um, then you're going to have problems because that's going to push out all that other stuff. And you know what? If your service level agreement says that you're going to be up 99% of the time and you end up going through all of Labor Day weekend because somebody forgot to check the hard drives and make sure that they had everything we needed, well, now it's actually costing you serious dough because I'm guessing that all the time that you're down, it's not like you pay one you know, $5 fee and then you're okay. I'm guessing that in the agreement you're talking about, Dan, you owe based on how much you screwed up and continue to screw up, right? Totally. Because that's costing people money. If you're yeah, whatever, that's the expensive. Did you work part. at the Rails Yard place? Where were you at the Rails Machine? Rails Machine, but it was the kind of place where like people were running their businesses on those, right? Yeah, and if if you have a a server that reboots itself or has a problem and has downtime or whatever, which happens constantly, then it's not like you know, it's not just a blog. Usually, it's somebody's business and they're missing transactions. So an SLA, a service level agreement, to them is like really important because that's you know time is money and if if their server's down that means no money or worse right so yeah it could be a very big deal anyway uh sorry if i'm beating this to death but i i think i think part of the irony in in this part of the irony that makes this a problem is that a lot of people go yeah of course that kind of thing happens but you know it's not sometimes it's not always obvious how much what you see as a small slip makes somebody else have to have a huge slip. Um, classic examples could be, oh, that's okay. We'll just release this thing and uh, customer service will pick up the slack <laughs> by fielding dozens and dozens of phone calls about something that we know had a defect when we shipped it. <laughs> mm. You know, or the QAQS people are suddenly like hugely overburdened because, you know, we got to go do this other stuff. Let them go find the bugs with this. I don't know. There's, there's lots of examples like this. But, you know, if you're in a, if you are in a business that has various tight tolerances, let's say your budget is really immutable, well, like, what do you do? So I want to talk, I want to talk about slips and why I think some of the reasons they happen, some of the reasons they happen. Then I want to talk about what I think might be behind the slip, which is what I call the slide. So that was, that was a lot of prologue, but uh, slipping and sliding. Are you into this potentially? I like this one. All right. I want to quickly tell you about something I like though. Is that all right? Something you like? Something I like called Squarespace. I don't know if you've heard about these guys. These are the, uh, they do something with the web. They do something with the web, uh, and I'm, I'm going to do a shorty today. I promise you can time me on this one. But right. I, I hold, on, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Go. Get the bell. No, 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 I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. What time limit do you want me to set up a, a time limit, or do you want me to just time it in general? I'm just going to talk, and, and you can make a beeping sound when you think I'm done, or should be done. I want to talk about one specific thing today. We talked about this once before when they had a blog post about this, but I, I, I knew about this and then kind of forgot about it until I was... Uh, doing some stuff on my Squarespace site uh, a few days ago. Um, the fonts, they've recently added, I don't know if this is accurate because this seems bananas, but I, I know they have over 300 of the Google like embeddable web fonts that are available now. So you don't have to go through all this stuff anymore. There's a lot of great companies and great ways you can do this, but this is now baked in. Like a lot of good blog products these days, you're seeing more and more stuff where you don't have to paste something into the header, where you don't, you know what I mean? Where you don't have to do all this, this kind of monkey acrobatic stuff. Yeah. With this now, you go into your little uh, template editor, and for any of the pages that you've got, you just select an element on the page. H1s, I want it to look like this. H2s, I want it to look like this. The entire range of CSS 
stuff that you can do is there. You want to change the, you know, um, the line height. You want to change the padding of any element. You can go in and do that. And now it's super easy to go in and say, all throughout my body, I want it to be this completely bananas looking uh, Google font. That's it's there. It's yours. It's free to use. I know it's over three hundred of those fonts. I don't know if it's all of them. But, uh, you know, you can go into Squarespace and see what that looks like. You could jump onto the Google uh, web fonts site, I think. You could just go to uh, google.com slash web fonts. I don't know. This is, they actually have 422. I don't know if they have all of those. But I guess there's probably an API type dealy where they do. But you can go in and see what these look like. You can try it out on your own site. Um, in all of the nerd stuff we talk about with Squarespace, it must never be forgotten that it is super simple, easy to use, and very maintainable. That's something that's easy to forget. Uh, you don't have to install all these plugins. Um, you don't have to touch anything if you don't want to. And if you just want to go in and, and get some some cool looking font, uh, you can just go in and change that. 300, Dan. Isn't that staggering? Three double zero. 300. Nine times, Mrs. Bueller. Nine, nine times. times. So um, I won't go on. I just want you to try it. Like, I promise to keep it short if you promise to go check it out because I really do like them a lot. And uh, and I'm just, I'm anyway, enough said. Squarespace.com slash back to work. And we have a code. You know, this is the month of one. So we have a code. It's an offer code. Do you know the offer code? Promo code, you mean? Oh, I'm so angry. Offer code is big week, one word, big week. And you get, oh, here's where I always fall down. It's 30% off three months. Is that accurate? Is it 30% off three months? Or I got to look it up. Ryan Uh Stansky. Lil Ryan. Lil Ryan. Ryan JR. Learning his uh, ABCs. He's a big boy now. It is, let's see. What are you using? Are you using mail.app for that? Yeah, mail.app, everything. Hmm. Use hmm. it, use it all, and it all works. 30% off for 90 days or three months, as you said. Whichever comes first. That's a brilliant deal. So you go to squarespace.com slash back to work. Uh, big week is the code. Uh, the fonts are 300. Google is the site. Uh, and we thank Squarespace very much for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. Two minutes, 52 seconds. I'm trying so hard. I just, I'm, I'm bibulous. Did you know that I'm bibulous? I'm going to have to look that up. Bibulous. I can never hear you typing. It's really disarming. Bib. Bibulous. Excessively fond drinking alcohol. Bulbous. Bulbous breath. Baseball. Buckbird. Hi. Um, those are good people at Squarespace. Oh, they're really good. Good people. Love good them. people. Love them. Yeah, me too. Me too. I got to learn the Python so I can get all my stuff in there. <laughs> that's right. That's what you, you know, I got to learn Python. I'll tell you about that. I accidentally got into Python. It was very confusing. Accidentally? Yeah, that was when I was on the show. It was on the show. Remember? Accidentally During the show? Oh, it was really weird. Man, I can't wait for the days after dark. I can't wait. I'm excited hmm. about it. Someone oh. should tell you. Is it good? I don't know. You tell me. Why do you screw with me? Ugh. You know what's great is that Control-C. You said C. it. How you ever learn Control-C? You ever learn Control-C? It's good to know. Control-C. You hit it. Breaks yeah. out of the thing. Boom. Is that our tip? <laughs> it's my pick of the week. <laughs> is your pick of the week? Control-C. No, my pick of the week is OLED, OLED monitors. <laughs> Gorilla glass. <laughs> That's the funniest term. Um, I so how I do we put, get out of this? That's what well, I want to keep asking. I wish I could put my hand to this. Right this minute, but um, how do we get out of it? Well, quagmire. Part of the way we get out of it, it just sucks balls because part of getting out of it is admitting that we really kind of can't get out of it. And this is why I wish I could put my hand to this paper, which is probably turns out it's probably BS. But but you know, humans 
and I'm guessing probably. What does that mean? Put my hand to this paper. Put my hand to this paper. What does, what does that mean? Is that well, like Richard a Thompson San song, Francisco thing that I don't know? Because I'm not cool. When I file it back here. You want me to do a fake Richard Thompson song for you? Would you like that? <laughs> After dark, right? After dark, yeah. Capture that. Um, there, there's apparently. It turns out there's apparently. Uh, some you know Marco says that a lot. I feel bad. <laughs> no, I'm not making fun of him when he does that. That's not where you got it from. Turns out. <laughs> uh, hey, did you hear? It turns out wine's not actually that great for you, and that that was all uh, doctored up. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start a Twitter called "That Turns Out," and it's just gonna be about how interesting results. Too are late. Be Someone just heard it and registered it. No, there's already. I, there's already. It turns out it's some lady that never toots. Um, <laughs> I think you're thinking of puts out. Yo, hmm, hmm. Need a little more water. Hmm, hmm. Oh, <clears throat> just got some new chargers. Got some new chargers for your seltzer. You know, yes. There's no seltzer like Soda Stream seltzer. I go out and I buy it. It's like it's like it's like urine going out and getting getting get it from a store. It's All like, right, it's I'm like finally I'm buying one. Do you have a Do you have an offer code for me? Yeah, it's called buy one. What no, do I, I which know. one do I want? Soda Stream, Fountain Jet, Soda Maker, <laughs> no, Starter like Kit? Cro- what do like I want? The Crocs people, where they like their, it's just, it's, t- it's too diverse. It's gotten confusing. I've got one that's the old, old horse, the old mule. It's like the uh, Soda Stream. It's gray. It's, it runs one, the big ones or the little ones. Just get, just get a cheap one. How much do I want to spend on this thing? You know what? After dark, because I think people right. need to know about this. All right, after. Hey, dark. you got those. You got those. Uh, those. Uh, you got the stripy guys on your show. This is why these 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 Soda Stream jackals should should sponsor us. They should. They really should. Let's reach out. Hmm. I'm making note. <laughs> reach out. <laughs> Turns out. I think. <laughs> And I can't put my hand to the paper, but the humans are notoriously What does that bad. mean? Hand God the, damn it, I'm angry right now. What does it mean, hand to the paper? Hand to the paper. I don't, I couldn't produce I for you the scholarship. I can't put the paper. Boy, I'll tell you what, man. Where does that come from? What kind of lingo is that? Of anger. I don't have access to it right now, Dan. Not like this anger I've got. It's good and, <laughs> good and noisy. Um, You ask somebody when they can do something by, and, and they will come up with something. They'll pull out of the air. They don't check their calendar. They don't look at anything. Most people will just go, sure. Somebody, you say to somebody, hey, can, can we have lunch in six weeks? And they go, well, of course we can have lunch in six weeks. I like eating. I find you tolerable. Why wouldn't we have lunch? <laughs> of course that's fine. <clears throat> you know? But then maybe you don't actually you know, put it on the calendar, right? And, and there's uh, one of the funny things, one of the many wonderful funny things about this is that the further out in the future something is, the more likely we are to come up with some ridiculous idea of whether we can do it. How about this, Dan? How about I say to you, um, do you would you have time for, would you be able to do a 15-minute call like 16 months from today? I don't see why like, not. Most people, exactly. Most people would say, well, sure, sure, why not? You know, um, and I could even say something as simple as, do you think you'd be able to have like a one-page write-up about what you want to do in the next year? Like uh, me, like I'm, I'm like, oh, sure, of course I could do that. Now, if I ask you to do that six months from now, you might have largely the same result. But if I ask you if you could do that a month from now, you go, well, let me check a couple things. And if you have half a brain, if I ask you to do that tomorrow, you're going to go, well, probably not. But this is one of our problems, is the further out in the future we perceive something to be, the more likely we are to come, out, come up with something 
without <laughs> first of all, in my own uh, one of my own concerns is not even checking whether that date is open. Like you might already be somewhere else on that day a year from now. That's a hang up of mine that I'll get to in a minute. But but we we are notoriously terrible as people at estimating how long something actually takes. And you need to look no further than a postmortem on a project. To, to find out in this really horrible and embarrassing and just frustrating way, like how much, how much you can get wrong in trying to estimate things. You know, like you, we always make, crack, make cracks about the K-Lox thing, right? I mean, that's not how people measure making stuff anymore, right? You don't sit around and go, how many thousand lines of code are we going to make? Mm. It's, the nature of development today has really changed in, in, in a lot of ways, but there's still only so much you can do. There's only so many hours in a day. And so how do we get away from it? Well, I think one of the, one of the things... I don't know if this this is a way, I don't know if it's a cure, but I think it's definitely a factor to look at when you are the person who has to estimate these things is, is yes, to look at things like, like the past and to look at things like, well, you know, with me, like with writing stuff, I could say, well, the best day of writing I've ever had, there was this one day when I wrote, you know, <clears throat> maybe what, five or 8,000 words. Now, there's some people like the Stephen Kings of the world that can write 2,000 words or 5,000 words every day, and that they're just great at that. But for me, if I committed to something where I said, I'll have 10,000 words for you in five days, I'm just telling you, like, I could certainly agree to that. But if the past is any indication, that's not going to happen. And, and the thing is, like, I, I might get 2,000 words the first day. Okay, but now the thing is, tomorrow, uh, next day, I got to get another 2,000 that day. Well, there are very, very, I have to be honest, there are very few days that I have gotten 2,000 words, decent words out for two or three days in a row. So what happens? You say, okay, well, I got this 2,000 out. A day passes, well, nothing's happened. Another day passes and you go, okay, okay, I got to write 6,000 words today. I can totally do this. And you don't because you feel bad about it. It's not happening. Then you have a day where you got to write. You know, you follow where I'm going with this? I think this is how our brains work, even when we know how completely crazy that is. You know what I mean? If we we're trying to drive across the United States, we'd understand that, you know, it's not really a sprint. You got to drive a little bit every day to get all the way across. And if you leave Boston and haven't made it any further than what, like Pittsburgh, you know, there's a pretty small chance if it took you six weeks to get to there, even if you drive super duper duper fast, you're not going to be in California tomorrow. And while we know that in the abstract about things like distance and money, I don't think we always get that about time. So on the one hand, yeah, it helps to be honest and really look at, I mean, isn't that, isn't that one fairly sane part of Agile and XP is yesterday's weather? Wouldn't you say? Like, if you look at your team's productivity over the last day, month, year, you can, you can draw conclusions about at least what's insane, if not what's doable. You could at least say, that's not reasonable for us to commit to that. We would slip on that date because yeah. we've never been that productive, right? Kind of know what you can't do. Exactly. And that's certainly the start. But I mean, as I'm telling you, as a project manager, I don't want to, I don't want to make this too farcical, but this is really true. So this is why I couldn't do that racket for very long because I didn't have the brain or the zest for it. But something like, okay, we all agreed that it would be a good idea to have this meeting about this thing. Could everybody let me know? This is before I discovered things like Tungle. Everybody let me know like a good time to talk, you know, for this, for this, uh, for this, this meeting. And this is where we go from the slip into the slide, because I think the slide is very much, so the slip is when we have our dates go because suddenly time went away. And I think the slide is often what causes the slip. And it's things like the meeting that didn't get scheduled. It's the deliverable, the very small and seemingly minuscule deliverable that didn't happen on time. It's the meeting that ran long. It's the, uh, it's the scope that unintentionally got a little wider. It's all these tiny, tiny, tiny little leaks that lead. It's those little slides, if you like, that lead to the slips. 
So here's an example from my project management days. And this is really true. This is why I think stuff like, you know, Google Calendar and Tungle when it works is such a great idea. I used to have to schedule conference calls. Sounds so simple. <laughs> and this is my friend Jamie, Jamie and I like to say, it seems so simple. <laughs> it just seems so goddamn simple. Here's the deal. There's four adults who need to be on a phone at the same time. What could be easier, right? So somebody says, okay, there you go. Go, go, uh, go, go, go run with that. You say, okay. Oh, okay. Well, um, one of the people lives in Australia and travels a lot. Like another person is taking care of a sick relative and is only available at these certain times. You follow, you, you, you've dealt with this before. And so you try and schedule the call. How many times have you and I, back, especially back in the day, not been the same place at the same time because we didn't account for time zones? Right. Like we're not, we're not super stupid, but we still do that. <laughs> now that you're off the East Coast, you know about the tyranny of East, oh, Eastern yeah. time. Yeah, before, you know, you feel very entitled oh. over there on the East Coast. No, it, it really is. It's the chronological version of being white. It's like if you live on the East Coast, you always win. You just say whenever and everybody works around you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> when somebody on the East Coast goes six in the morning, you know they mean 3 a.m. your time, right? <laughs> that's, that's just how it works. Because if, right. if you told them 6 a.m., you said, hey, yeah, yeah, 6 a.m., they're going to call you at 3 in the morning because you're the one who screwed up, right? Um, but that's, that's, that's a factor. And this, and so you start saying, okay, okay, well, I understand you're traveling a lot. Could you give me some times that you're available? You ever done this? Some of you have done this. Now what happens? Like one person who's super diligent sends you this incredibly detailed thing about all the times that they're available and says, okay, please pick one of these by tomorrow. And you go, okay. And then you contact everybody else and say, okay, well, Jeannie sent me her times when she's available. When are you guys available? Somebody else goes, um, it's hard to say probably most of next week, except for maybe Wednesday, Monday, and Thursday. <sighs> And then, of course, there's a guy who hasn't written back now. Now, Jeannie's getting antsy because she's got to close up her schedule for the week because she's super organized. <laughs> like, if you've never had this, God bless you. But this used to be my life with people in multiple time zones who are not always accounting for the East Coast thing or the whatever thing or the leap whatever. All I'm saying is that is, that is the craziest thing in the world to have to schedule. It sounds so incredibly simple. But if you just getting that call scheduled could take a week, like if you're doing it really well. Because you know what? There's always going to be one person who never writes you back at all. <laughs> if you're waiting for that one person, so then you got to start going, okay, well, does everybody really need to be on this call? And so you schedule for a time. Oh, and guess what? Uh, Johnny, no reply, calls back and goes, oh, yeah, I do have to be on, but I'm only available uh, from 3 to 6 on Saturday, 3 to 6 Eastern. <laughs> and you're back at this again. It's entirely crazy making. And you know what? All of that time, even if you're just the useless project manager, you're not working on other stuff. You're trying to do all that meta stuff to arrange that. And, and I, I know you're either going like, I get this, or like, why is he being silly about this? But that kind of sliding, what started as let's schedule a meeting on Monday, it's now Friday, and we have even, we're not even positive whether we've scheduled it yet, and it might change. Well, then what happens? Let's say you got the call on Monday. You know what? Somebody will not show up for the call, or someone will be late for the call. Okay, uh, boop, everybody announce yourself, boop, everybody comes in, boop, is this a, <laughs> oh, hey, it's Merlin, what's going on, who is that? Okay, thank you. Could you get a little closer to the... Okay, are we all, are we all here then? Jeannie, Jeannie, Jeannie's here. No, Gina, Jeannie, uh, Gina had to go to Guam uh, for her fish. 
Okay. Was there anybody able to get the stuff from Genie that we needed for this? <laughs> okay. Well, I guess we can try and uh, reconvene in three hours. Rubble, rubble, rubble. Why can't it? And now pretty soon, all that scheduling you did was for not. And guess what? You haven't got a call done. And guess what? Everybody who blocked out the time for that, the time is lost. And now you are officially sliding. Okay, so maybe that's your maybe your six a.m. Pacific <laughs> call. Maybe everything went almost flawlessly. You actually got everybody on at the same time. They're actually all there. You actually had an agenda, like you like you're a grown up, and everything actually seemed like it was going to work out fine. But then something happened, and and you either couldn't do the call then. You know, then so what do you do? So like if you're like me, classic Merlin, you go okay. Well, let's try again later in the afternoon, forgetting like all that went into that. And then pretty much is later in the afternoon. So he says, oh, oh, wait, wait, I, I can do it later in the afternoon, but I just need another hour. Okay. So, so Dan, if you know there might be a call in an hour, are you going to get super involved? I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to browse the web. sit around going like, I guess it could happen. Because let's be honest, who does that? It's usually the bosses and the managers who are so busy that like, oh my God, well, how could they possibly on time, be on time for something with the people who do the work? And they're busy and stuff. With all respect. So then that slides, and now it's the afternoon, now it's the evening, and now you're getting into, i got to pick my kid up from school time, so you know Johnny, Johnny Portia is rolling his eyes at this point, even though he couldn't bother answering the invitation last week. So this grand guignol tale that I'm sharing with you is about trying to schedule a goddamn phone call, right? So am I exaggerating? Believe me, my friend, I am not exaggerating. Because now you're into Tuesday. Maybe you're into Wednesday. You're still trying to schedule this. You might completely lose sight about what the call was ever supposed to be in the first place. Maybe that issue has already fallen apart. And maybe you've already really started slipping on a date. Well, if you can't take something away from that experience about what the slipping and the sliding means, it's a really good opportunity to look at it again. Because <laughs> there's so much to learn from that. Um, these big commitments that we slip on are frequently the result of little tiny commitments that we slide on. Right. So if you work at home, you've had this. You get up in the morning. You say, I know exactly what I'm going to do today. I'm going to do these three things today. The phone rings. Maybe you got to have a call. Maybe you got to have a meeting. Maybe you get distracted and you got to sharpen your pencils. You say, oh, I got to really get this writing done. But then you say, oh, you know, now it's almost time for lunch. You come back from lunch and you're like, oh, what the hell? It's already two o'clock. I think a lot of us do this and that slide becomes okay. And that slide becomes normal. And inside of some teams and cultures, that slide is not only okay, it is just SOP. Standard you, operating procedure. It, exactly. And, and the thing is, if you're an SOB about that SOP, you're going to get kicked in the ASS. Because <laughs> here's the thing, Dan. <laughs> you, can either have, you can either have two, two balls to grow or two buttocks to kick. All right? That's number one. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't have a. a That's super a weird simple. one. You like that one? Yeah, it's hmm. pretty weird. <laughs> this is the thing. This is why pirates can't get disability insurance. Okay, that's right. number two. It's true. You need to look into her good eye. Take off your patch <laughs> and say, <laughs> "Say, Peg, I love you," because <laughs> her name's Peg. Because she's a pirate. All right. <sighs> wow. So, I'm not sure if this makes sense. It probably doesn't. But I feel like. As a former, per, as a person who used to be obsessed with with these problems and never found a way out of it, I mean, my cheaty way out of it was I just can't do client services, project management anymore. It takes a really special kind of person to do that. 
Um, it takes a certain amount of being almost like a parent. It takes, it takes the kind of person who can hold a lot of fairly chaotic information in their head at one time. You know, it takes being a good manager. Like somebody like Brian Mason is somebody I used to work with that I, I think of as being great at this. As somebody who can handle a lot of blah, 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 some of it's really random, and be able to distill out of that the one or two things that require a decision, and then the ability to make everybody understand how important, important that decision is, right? You don't get this by having people sign things. You don't get this by memos. You don't get this by demands. I mean, you really get this by having credibility and then being able to show people um, what they can do to, to help keep things moving, uh, maybe, maybe by helping them sometimes, maybe by making it easier on people, by not seeming passive-aggressive, but by basically doing the impossible, which is to make a bunch of completely random people try and see the same thing the same way, just even for a little while. Um, and so I guess, I guess the, uh, I want to talk a little more about the sliding thing in particular and the accretive effects of that. Does, uh, do you think there's a difference? Do you see a difference at all between the slipping and the sliding, Dan? Is that a, is that a distinction without a difference? Yeah. You're saying, is it, is it necessary to make that distinction? Mm, I th- yes. I would say yes. Well, I, I think there. The reason I, I, I'm it's going to seem obvious that they're related. Like, I, I, I think it's like where you cast the blame, right? It could be. I, I think, though. I mean, I'm I'm for the purposes of uh, you know catchy sibilance, putting these together into this one little uh, phrase. But there, to me, they're actually they can be extremely different. You can kind of slide all you want on your own. And you often do. If you're like a freelance person or you're somebody who works from home, you know, like you're going to have to be your own governor of like of how your time is spent. And people, you know, like they say in a program, beware of a man in a room, right? If people, unless people are watching for you to check in code or, or waiting for you to pick up the phone, there's all kinds of, of, uh, of sliding you can do that nobody even knows about, right? You're maintaining your own little fiefdom and hopefully doing a great job of what you do. Hopefully everybody is doing that. But even if everybody's fiefdom is in order, we don't always see things the same way at the same time. We don't have the same priorities. I'll just, t- I'll just say, Dan, that you and I have really different ways of thinking about things like, like, you know how I'm obsessed with calendars and you're not. Like I'm a real dick about calendars sometimes because my brain is so feeble that if I don't put things on a calendar, I, just, I know they'll never happen, mm. right? And like, you're pretty good about that, but you're also frequently in the same place a lot of the time. You work a lot, but you are kind of in that one place. Now, if you were trying to do something with a potential sponsor and they were somebody who, who was like flying a lot, had spotty coverage, you know what I mean? Was in meetings a lot. Like you would adapt to that, right? You would go like, okay, well, I could certainly be available for a call at, at thus and such time, right? And partly because they'd give you money or right, stuff, right? Sure, own the money thing, yeah. But I think we do, we do adapt that depending on, on other people, but we don't always take into account like not only just what their priorities are, but like, or what their dependencies are, what their differences in work are, but it's just, it's just really hard in general to understand uh, what anybody else is doing today. So what feels like a really inconsequential Eh, whatever thing to a lot of us can be like a huge slip or slide to somebody else. And, you know, a big, big slip, obviously in a project would be like, we can't, we can't ship on this dependency in a certain amount of time. But what I'm trying to get at in all this ranting though, is that I think the sliding on time throughout the day is a huge contributor to slipping in general for not a reason that should be so obvious that it's, it's mind blowing, which is that it creates a culture of slipping and sliding. It becomes really like, okay, that that meeting needs to be rescheduled. It becomes okay that that person wasn't here at a certain time. And, and so one thing to think about, if you, really, if you really care about improving this, well, obviously, first of all, 
it's really difficult to just enforce any kind of culture on anybody because people hate that. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's the worst. But on the other hand, there are instances of that kind of culture uh, truly being the culture of a company. Um, an example that comes to mind is UPS. Um, you guys can tell me if this is true, but I have a friend who works at the NE Casey Foundation, which is kind of involved you know, with the UPS family. Apparently, if you're late for a meeting at UPS, you're fired on the spot. Really? You show up late for a meeting, and you know this, right? It's, it's, you might as well just show up with your dick in your hand. You show up late for a meeting, don't even bother. Just pack your stuff and go. Right? I mean, in the same way that if you work for the CIA and you like got all drunk and told secrets at a party, like you could probably know that your job's not going to be super secure. It's that much part of the culture. Now, is that totally crazy? Well, yeah. I mean, on the one hand, sure, that seems pretty strict. But the entire culture that that company wants to build is about always being on time. And, and I think you could certainly make a case that that's a little bit extreme. But the thing is, everybody who works there knows what the, that's what the culture is. The expectation is just blindingly clear. I mean, I don't doubt that there are cases where you could say, oh, you know, like, you know, <laughs> my kid fell off a bridge or something. Yeah. But, but that's really, really an exception. It's not okay to be a person in power who just shows up and goes, I was busy. Like, and I got to tell you, buddy, I, I really admire a culture where if that is the case, and again, I've never worked for UPS, but if that is the case, I really admire that for, just for no other reason other than everybody knows what the expectation is. And this is what I, why I say a, a simpler, more gentle, kinder version of that is to just build in a little bit. It's nice to not have to need this, but you probably do is to build in a little bit of cushion. So build in a little cushion time in your meetings. Say, hey, you know what? If, if, if we don't get to see each other a lot and we want to hang out and eat a bagel, that's fine. Build in 10 minutes into the agenda. I mean, that sounds draconian, but what else are you going to do? Are you going to have one of those things where the meeting starts late because the previous meeting started late? Now your meeting starts late? Now your meeting ends late? I mean, when does that, when do you have an end to that? Because if you do that all the time, you not only slip and slide, you show an asinine level of disrespect for every single person in the room. It would be like inviting somebody to a party and then not being home. Well, I got busy. Well, then what? <laughs> why the hell did you invite me to a party? It's like, dude, I, I have a lot of parties, but you know, stuff happens, and you know, sorry. Oh, wow. It, to me, it's that bad. Um, and so we can come back to this after I tell you about something I like. But but I, I think that, I think there are ways to make this better. They are not always uh, easy or simple. But I think we can uh, pretty much a lot of time look at ourselves for why it's not going great. And if we don't do that, then, then why would it ever get better? There's no, there's no reason for it to. Isn't that depressing, Dan? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, if, if you can't... Well, see, but this is the problem that people run into all the time. It, it goes back to the motivation thing. Motivation. Yeah. I'm sorry, I, I thought I dropped you. T- tell me what you mean by that. When you, when you think about this, and I was just having... I mean, I don't want to derail your point. Let me, we'll get back. To, you know what? We'll get back to that. F- finish what you're saying. Well, no, because um, to me this all this connects back to something else. But maybe it, it's uh, you know, just a quick sponsor. The, the way my mind works. You want to do a quick sponsor? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it's something I like called uh, called One Password. Do you know about this? This is the service that allows you to register your password in one place. When you forget it, they will call you on the phone. They'll remind you what it is. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. have a keyword, and they, you return a passphrase. If it's correct, they'll come log in. You just gotta just you all you gotta do is tell them your uh, tell them your zip code, and <laughs> do you ever get that though when you call places like they're trying to be all secure? All right, you know, what's, your like, zip, okay, what's your zip code? 
give me your soch or whatever. <laughs> right. And then they go like, and your address is, uh, you know, 8156. And you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. <laughs> what? I didn't unlock anything. Why are you, why are you <laughs> saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just because I passed a couple of those, like, stop talking. Yeah, you know? stop it. One Password is uh, is a really neat app for uh, OS X and uh, iOS, and I think they have they have uh, versions of I don't know a huge amount about it, but I guess works with uh, you know on some other platforms. Huh. I'm not super familiar with that, but the the one I can tell you about that I know is on OS X and iOS, and it's a great way to securely manage your passwords for many kinds of things. We've talked about this a lot. Um, I want to focus on one thing. I think we've talked about before, but. In getting this um, presentation ready for Macworld, I'm going to do a demo involving this because I swear by it. You know, you get smart folders, smart playlists, really anything. There's all kinds of places on OS X, especially where you can, uh, you know, like a smart folder, you could say something like, show me everything, all the images that have been updated in the last five days that are pings. And like that would be kind of a pain to have to enter that search all the time. It's really nice to be able to save that as recent pings, right? And um, gosh, I might have a whole post about this, but with uh, iTunes Match, I'm starting to rely really heavily on playlists and, and like playlists inside of playlists. So, right, you, like, you come up with something like you don't want to have your whole hard drive full of 256, you know, K, 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 K locks. How many are they? How do they measure music? <laughs> you don't want a lot of 10 meg files <laughs> on your uh, drive if you can avoid it. So, I do things like say, oh, you know, give me this many, give me this, this many gigs of uh, three star and higher songs. Give me this many with a play count of, of more than 10 that has fewer than three skips. Give me this many that's, and so on and so on. So, I can, you can remember all these great settings. Well, they have this in one password. And I think it's one of those things that's really non obvious, even if you're a, a, a power user. And so, there's all kinds of really kind of, let's say, obvious things you can do. You can say, show me all of my passwords. Um, for where the URL matches, you know, Google or Gmail. So if you want a really fast way to see everything that involves Google or Gmail, did it for uh, Twitter. A lot of us have multiple Twitter accounts. It's really nice to be able to click on one button, have it remember, you know, URL equals, I should get the terminology right on this, but URL equals uh, Twitter. Now those are obvious ones, right? But that can be super handy to have all those in one place. Um, one trick I do, just for what it's worth, I name all of my most important and favorite ones with like a funny old school <laughs> OS 9, like A space underscore, so they come to the top. Makes it really easy to find those on your iOS device. Did you ever do that back in the day, Dan? You name things with funny characters or A or space or underscore to have them go to the top of a list? Yeah, I used to use like, you could put in like a bullet or something right. like that that would force it to, to the top. I still do that. I still do that. In, I do that in playlists. I do that in so many I things. I do too. It's super lame, but... Um, I think that's really powerful. Now let's get to the really cool stuff, though. Uh, tags. Like, eh, how much stuff do we really need to tag in life? I don't know. If you love tags, that's awesome. There's plenty of things you can tag. There's actually a really useful way. To, I have several ways I use tags in a really useful way in 1Password. One of them is like the, there's passwords that I change every three to six weeks because I'm just like that. And so I tag those. I tag those as change often. And so I can have a, remember, say, show me all of my passwords that are tagged change often. And so when I'm ready to go in there, I hit that button. Now, remember, the URL for all of these passwords is right in the file. Right. So you click on that, it takes you right to the page where you can change the password. I try to keep those maintained so that those work great. I, that, I gotta tell you, buddy, that's a pretty good one. You know, if you if you want to practice good hygiene with that, nice. give yourself a reminder to do that, but then have the ones you need to change a lot in one place. Um, another one, I don't know exactly where the best place to do this is, but one password is one place. I've realized recently how much money I've accidentally been spending on recurring web subscriptions. And so what I've done is I've gone in and tagged a lot of uh, everyone that's a recurring web, web subscription that I catch. I tag it that in Mint. I tag it that in 1Password. Um, 
And I also tag those inside of this Omni Outliner file with all the places where I would need to change passwords if my card's compromised. And eventually it will be, right? But that's, this is a great thing to do. If you want to go in and say, what are all the things where I've got like auto charges, you know, 30 bucks here, 30 bucks there every month? Believe me, it can be staggering. A great place to start with that is Mint. Go into Mint and find all the things that do that every month. Look at that category and it'll blow your mind. But then have a way to go, you know what? I, actually, I want to go in and I want, to, I want to turn a bunch of these off. That makes it really easy right there. So and let me give you one more. And this is, this is the one that will make you buy one password. Right now, you have one, two, three, probably no more than five execrable passwords that are still out there somewhere. Let's say you've been great with one password. You're really good with it, but you've got some crummy passwords, maybe because of iOS, maybe because they're really old, but wouldn't it be great and horrifying to know all the places where you still have a bad password out there? Well, for better or for worse, one password would let you do this through a really cool thing where you can create a little, uh, what do they call it, an array, right? You do an or thing and you say, yeah, give me pencil 69, any, okay, so, so show me all of my logins where the password is pencil 69 or sweet kitty cat or, uh, you know, werewolf intercourse or vampire weekend or, or whatever the hell your goofy password is and watch the list that pops up of maybe over a hundred that are still out there. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Save that. And now if those ever pop up again in the future, they'll be in that list. And if you ever decide to go and change all of them, which you probably should, you got one thing to click on to go find all of those and change them. When you change the password, it won't be in the list anymore. These are productive ways to use tags, in my opinion. Uh, it's one reason I love 1Password. It's just a great app. Does that make any sense, Dan? Kind of? Yeah, I think it's you, good. You, you use any of those? You use any of those? I make notes while you talk, and then I try mm-hmm. them out after the show. Hmm. There's a lot hmm. of stuff I don't know. I got one that's all uh, 192.168.1.1, just because I end up having so many of those for like routers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I can just go in, and I've got a oh, criminy. That's ridiculous. I got over 20 of those. Because here's the other problem. You get pollution, right? You get too many of those where it's trying to fill it in on that. And you go, well, you know what? I haven't used this. This is from my old Linksys from years ago. Get rid of that. You know? Yeah, get it out of there. Clear it out. Point being, uh, you should be using 1Password. You're probably maybe kind of a bonehead if you don't. But if you do use it, realize that you can go in and do this. And it's a huge time saver for you. We have a, uh, you know what's back? You know what's back? What's and, back? And, and what? No, 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 what? Oh, I'll tell you, buddy. AgileBits.com slash B2W. Have you oh, been there? I have not. Let me go right now back it's back loading up right now yes yeah. oh i love it hey, look at that guy i love it can i ask you a question mm. that's beautiful <laughs> what, so you what do you like 40 percent <laughs> can i ask you a question that's Would you awesome 40 like off yes this is 40 percent off it says it's till the end of december i hope this still works i need to double check this it doesn't work but we're in trouble doesn't work we're in big trouble i'll have to i should see if dave's on right now <laughs> i believe it will still work um Give it, a, give it a throw. If not, you can just buy these at full price. It's totally worth it. But uh, at full price, it's still. I bought a all discount. of these at full price. Yeah, so, some of these jackals buy these things in bundles. I think if you buy in a bundle and like it, you should go man up and buy the rest of it too. It's worth it. You know, this, this isn't one of those goofy things. Like all this stuff we do in here, like these are all like actively maintained, like real things that people spend money on for it, spend time on for a job. It's worth supporting them. In any case, I bet it'll work. Dan, Dan, go buy one. Go, go buy one pass for, for Windows and see if you get a discount. All right, I'll do it. I'll try it right now. Mm-hmm. Boom. Back now. to work discount. Boom. Looks like it worked. Worked. Yep. Rock Although, out. One password for Windows. It says to go check my DLL. Dot, I'm just kidding. Psych. 
Edgeofbiz.com slash we're making friends all the time. Edgeofbiz.com slash BTW. Um, we thank them very much uh, for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. And, you know, I, uh, if I end up doing that with screencast and all for that, that'll be at the, uh, the 40 tips site with uh, Brett Terpstra and David Sparks. Sparky. Sparky. <laughs> uh, let's see. We need to start wrapping up. Yeah, let's 12, do it. Let's wrap there. it up. 75 minutes. Yeah, 76 minutes. Yeah. I try to think these things out. Um, I wrote some things down. I don't know if it helps at all. Um, there are things that feel like a solution or, you know, a panacea or amelioration, whatever SAT words you want to use. Planning, yeah, planning seems like a great thing because planning is good. Planning means, in some ways, the, the best part of planning is the thinking through part. There's that old, I, I don't know, if this is, I think it was Eisenhower that said this supposedly, that um, the plan is nothing and planning is everything. Because, and I found that to be true. Like, it doesn't matter if you have a plan. In some ways, the plans change. But the planning part is what helps you walk through all of the steps in this. Right. And this is another one of those great GTD kinds of things. Like if you've walked through all the things that could happen, might happen, should happen. If you really do that, it's like making your grocery list. Like if even when you're just making a grocery list, you'll realize stuff you didn't know you needed. So I might go, okay, I got to go to the store and get pull-ups. Pull-ups. Oh my gosh, that's for my daughter. So I should also really get 1% milk. 1% milk. I know we also need half and half. And you end up doing this weird, you know what I mean? I don't know if you do this. I do this all the time where I start thinking about one thing and then I'm able to fill in a lot more detail. Yeah. That's what planning means. Planning means walking through this and going, wow, there's a lot more parts and steps to this than we thought. And if we know that that documentation has to be done before this thing ships, well, then this is going to need to be feature complete by a certain date and the bugs have to be tested and the screen grabs have to be up to... Look at, poor, look at what poor John Syracuse went through, just trying to get his screenshots for Lion to yeah. stay up to date. Yeah. One person with one platform Right now, imagine in a giant team where people aren't always communicating perfectly. Yes, planning is a good idea, but even when you plan well, you have to have risk assessment, risk mitigation, and a huge amount of of communication. Risk risk assessment means I look at all the steps in my plan and see what could go wrong, whether I like it or not, whether it's popular or not. And risk mitigation is I have a plan for dealing with everything I can think of that could go wrong with some kind of a plan B. And then the communication says that we keep everybody on the same page to the extent possible. Um, certainly helping them understand what the risks are if we miss these dates and things like that. But to me, it all goes way, 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 way back to before you ever get to the slipping, you have to get back to the sliding. And the sliding means is the culture of your team such that it's okay to have slips and slides, right? If you're, you know, who's in a position of authority to say, okay, this is just taking too long. We just can't do this meeting. Or, you know what? (laughs) We have to have this meeting. You really need to be there. Well, you might have to yell and scream, might not have to yell and scream so much if you had better meetings, if you started giving out agendas, if people knew they could count on your meeting being exactly 54 minutes because that's what you said it would be, right? The way you build this culture is not by fiat and not by posters. It is by consistently doing something the same way over and over, regardless of who it's for, regardless of what it's about, right? If you always do something the same way, that's what people notice. If you do that in a way that's crappy, that's the culture. If you do that in a way that's awesome, that's the culture. The poster doesn't change that. Making yourself better and then encouraging that same culture on your team is how you avoid slips and slides. Um, You know, I I don't know how you get away from it. There's always going to be somebody who's got a different idea of what the culture is. And there's always going to be some guy usually with an expensive car who just doesn't answer the emails, just skates and just doesn't show up. (sighs) 
Well, if you can't fire them, how do you route around them? How do you try to minimize that damage? Well, you do. You can also do stuff like in my case, Dan, like, you know, I'm obsessed with this. Like, never email me to ask if we can have a call. I mean, you could, but why don't you just send me, a, you know, an invitation from Google Calendar? Like, I, I wish that was something that everybody was more comfortable with. It's like I said on, on Twitter earlier today, why would you ever ask somebody if they want more water? Why would a waiter ever say, would you like more water? Jesus H. <laughs> Christ, you... You pile of crap, why would I want more water? Obviously, my glass is empty. I'd like it to stay that way. Would you please leave? <laughs> everybody wants more water, and everybody wants to minimize the steps to, to the stuff they actually need to do. Now, maybe that's not okay in your culture. Maybe yours is a culture of let's talk about cookies and how our weekend went before we have a meeting. But build that in. But I mean, you know, to, to me, these are the kinds of things, though. The subject line stuff, the, uh, the culture of putting things on a calendar. When you have it on the calendar, have an agenda uh, list. You know, and when you slip on dates, like, have it be okay to talk about why that happened. Because, my God, how could you ever be surprised that you keep slipping on dates if you never talk about the reason why you're slipping on dates? Which might be that you're, you've got unreasonable expectations that nobody has the stones to stand up to. It could be you don't have the resources to do things that you said you could do. It could be that you are so serially bad at estimating things that you should never be asked anything ever again. But, you know, if you don't find out the answer to that, like, what fairy princess is going to come in and make that better for you? So that's what I think. Fix your slides and you'll start to fix your slips. Any questions? No. Mm. None. You really want to get to that uh, AD, don't you? No, I'm happy to do the shows as long as you'd like. Yeah. We got most of the big stuff, right? I think so, yeah. I think we hit it. Yeah. Hmm. Want to button this up? Sure. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.